All right, welcome back into another episode of The Idea Collision. My name is Andrew Green. I'm the host of this podcast. Uh, this podcast, if you're new to it, is a podcast designed to look at spiritual topics, not necessarily a deep dive into a theological view, but it is a uh, it, it comes to it from different things that that interest us as human beings, whether it be history or philosophy, whatever. Uh, it is also not a you know an overly philosophical discussion in terms of I mean, there's philosophy in it, but what we try to do is at the end of each session, each twenty thirty minute uh, video, we want to leave you with something practical. We want to leave you with some way to interact with your world um, and maybe learn something about yourself, uh, learn something about the the people that you interact with, and, and ways to improve you. Uh, in in different avenues that we we talk about, and and maybe bring to light different uh, tendencies that we we all have. We we began, uh, I, I would say, in this in this podcast. This has been like a series so far, or a mini series, talking about I think what is the most important thing to to establish before we can talk about any topics is. Uh, is truth and how we've gotten to where we are in our society and the in the perspectives that people around us have on truth and even ourselves what perspectives do I have on truth uh and we've talked about we've it has fancy names we've talked about postmodernism and things like that uh or modernism it's called relativism as i say is rebranded um but the idea that truth is is not a a static thing. Truth isn't an, an existing thing. It's it's all relative to different people. And while some of the terminology is new, I think what we've seen is that really the concepts are old and much older than you might think. Is a is a reference in the in the Bible to this, and it is a spiritual topic. Uh, in John, it's the book of John, chapter 8, verse 38. Uh, but it is a reference um, to a man by the name of uh, Pontius Pilate. And um, he's in a trial. He's conducting a trial of Jesus. And during this trial, he says, what is truth? And that's an interesting question. What is truth? Uh, we don't know the tone of voice he said it. We don't know anything uh, about the statement itself. And, it, and so it makes a you know grounds for a lot of discussion on this. But uh, the premise of the question is clearly that that Pilate is of the opinion, much like postmodernists or modernists, that that truth is not exactly hard and fast. Well, <clears throat> let me give a little history leading up to this question. Uh, Pilate was assigned to be the governor of uh, the the Roman. Uh, governor over the area of Judea. Judea was at the time a very notoriously difficult place to manage. Um, the, the Jews had always believed that they were going to set free, and so uh, from from uh, from authority of other countries. So they had been under Persia. They had been by Babylon, by Greece, now Rome. The Roman Empire, they they always thought that they were going to be free, and so they were constantly rebelling whenever they could, and, and so for that reason, it made it very difficult for anybody who came here. It's like to try to keep the peace. That was one of Rome's big thing was to 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 keep the peace, 
And so uh, Pilate was uh, trying to achieve this, and, and here he's, you know, he, when he came in, uh, what a lot of people did, he borrowed something that a lot of people did previously, is he came in with the idea that I'm going to show them who's boss. And he had no idea that the, the nature of the people he was dealing with. And so one of the things he, he one of his first moves, uh, which did not turn out so well, and this is important to the story, and it's important to the concept of what is truth, was he decided to set up uh, images. They were emblazoned on the shields uh, of soldiers and had the soldiers go into the temple, uh, and they were going to they were going to display these shields uh, with with you know whether it be Augustus or whatever emperors or uh, Tiberius or whoever, and they were going to display these images. Well, if you that doesn't seem like that would be a big thing, except for the fact that emperors thought that they were gods. And so the Jews said, listen, in our holy place, you're, you know, our church building, essentially, you're not going to display someone that you claim is another god. That's not really going <laughs> to, that's a non-starter in terms of us, you know, getting along. And uh, and he caught wind of it, but being the person that he was, Pilate said, we're, we're not only we're going to do this, uh, I'm going to instigate something just so that they can see who's boss. And so they did this. They had they had soldiers dispersed throughout the crowd in the temple. Uh, and when, the, when they did this, prepared for what he knew was going to be a, you know, a reaction to this. And so as soon as the reaction came, they unveiled it, sure enough. And there was a big reaction to it and a loud protest. And the Roman soldiers started killing uh, Jewish. I don't know how many it was, uh, but Jesus even addressed this. He, he talked about the the you know Rome, uh, you know, or Pilate mingling blood with sacrifices, not literally but figuratively. Uh, and, and so he addressed this, and um, this was a real thing. Well, that didn't go so well. So he actually got brought to. Uh, he had to go and account for for this. Uh, to Tiberius Caesar uh, and basically got reprimanded and told, don't ever do something that stupid again. All right, flash forward to, you know, a few years to this trial when the Jews want to uh, to, to kill Jesus. So, that, so they're demanding the death of Jesus, and Pilate now is in a hard place, and in fact, the Jews knew that he was in a hard place. He does not want to be on the wrong side of an emperor twice. That's really not good for, you know, your length of life. And so uh, so he's trying at this point to figure out, A, he knows justice is an important thing to, to Rome. Their their system of, of law was the most progressive uh, in in. Uh, to history, you know, at the, at any point prior, they were they were the ones that had developed a lot of principles that we still hold today, and <clears throat> so law was important, law and order was important, but peace was also important. And he comes to this point where it's not going to be possible to do both. If he keeps law and order and has a fair trial, this this group of people is going to go berserk because they want Jesus dead. And this is the statement that he's using. He's trying to get his mind to a place where he can 
as a backup plan. He's trying to get Jesus off the hook the whole time because he knows he's innocent. But he's trying to get his mind to a place where if it doesn't pan out, if they don't accept his solutions to keep an innocent man alive but keep the peace, how then can I put this man, execute this man, and, you know, still, you know, how can I feel personally that I'm still okay? And so this is this statement, what is truth? He wants it to be subjective. And that's what happens. People get all existential about absolutes when there's something personal in it for them. Interestingly enough, he later dies. Uh, He is forced to commit suicide. I don't know if it's for this particular thing or if this just became a habit, but he is ordered by uh, Tiberius Caesar to uh, kill himself, which was how Romans did execution of Roman governors, uh, because of uh, either a habit or this particular case of uh, executing people without a fair trial, uh, which is, I think, a little bit ironic. Trying to save his life, he ends up doing something that costs him his life. But that's not the major point. The major point is Pilate's um, tendency is illustrated again and again, that people want truth to be subjective primarily when it's inconvenient for them or convenient, depending. They're either wanting something that they shouldn't have or they're wanting to avoid something that they should have, uh, some punishment or something, and that's when we, we get very subjective about what the truth is. We're fine with the truth, just so long as it doesn't it doesn't reflect on me or it doesn't limit me in some way. Then I then I don't like truth. Well, uh, what I want to do, uh, you know, cause we look at this just to give an example of that. You know, embellishing a resume. Well, it helps me a little bit. You know, I want something that that I. Uh, that I probably wouldn't get. I might not get this job, so I'll 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 be subjective with the truth. Or or I'm about to get punished, so I might tell a white lie. Right? It's all subjective. It makes it nice. And these are all really the same thing the pilot's doing. And so people have a number of ways. And what I want to talk about uh, this week, and then we'll talk a, a, a different aspect of it. But two things that people do. Um, in order to, or, or reactions to truth when it's unpleasant. And this week we're going to talk about avoidance, uh, how people avoid the truth, because that's really, I think, what we're, what our first reaction to do is, is avoid the truth. And there are two ways within this first method uh, that, that people do that. And the first is called... Um, it's given a fancy name. It's called cognitive dissonance. What is cognitive dissonance? That's a really recent term in history. Um, it's a it's a fancy word that says, you know, no matter what evidence you give to me, I'm I'm just going to not believe it. I'm going to deny it. I'm going to avoid it somehow. I had a discussion with a a religious woman. Uh, we were having a discussion on a spiritual topic, and I don't even remember what the, the topic was, but I was going to use what I thought was a fairly safe illustration. And and so I, I mentioned Galileo, 
in this in this uh, in this discussion. She was a fairly educated person, and her eyebrow uh, like raised when I said Galileo, which was like hmm. I, I I thought that was odd. But then I um, I I talked. I, I probably another two sentences came out, and we were going to be talking about like the. I don't know what I have. It was so long ago. I, I can't even remember what the, the point was. But as I talked, like like she got, like I, I could feel like resistance from her. And finally she stops and she says, so you actually think Galileo was correct? And, and it took me back and I, for a second. And I realized that I had met a real live flat earther i didn't know they I, I didn't really know they existed i i knew that there are people that pretend that I, I didn't know that there were actually people that believed it and and i certainly thought that they were so rare that you never think we just say oh you're a flat earther you know it, that's a metaphor we you never actually met a flat earther and i had and now i'm in this this took us for the next couple of weeks of this spiritual discussion that we were having it took us completely off of the the topic we were on, because now in order to establish whatever point I was going to be establishing, I had to first establish that Galileo was correct, you know, and and so <clears throat> I, I thought about that, and I was, you know, the the more I thought about, it, I was just argument after argument against this came into my brain, but but one of the ones that I thought of the most is, you know, these people fly all over the world. You know, to to these, they're in Denver. Then they're in, you know, the Carolinas. Or they're, they're in Europe. They go all over the world, and they get in airplanes. They take off, and if they look out the window, they will see a spherical Earth. They, they you can't avoid it. I don't know what they do. They close the 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 window before takeoff and open it after, so that they don't have to be confronted with the truth. I don't know. Uh, and, and so, so flat earthers have to just ignore what is plainly obvious to them, uh, and that's called cognitive dissonance. Uh, they they have to avoid obvious truth. You know, it's a it's a twenty dollar word, but it just means you know, a simple definition is just um, avoiding. You know, thought. You know, that's cognitive has to do with your thought, avoiding evidence that would make you think and come to a rational conclusion. Uh, so, you know, I could put them, this is degree, a, a person who wants to be a flat earther, I could put them in a satellite and I can make them orbit around the earth. It wouldn't change their mind. I could show them pictures, I could, I, whatever. They're going to come up with a, a, an answer that rationalizes it all away. It, it, they're just going to simply not believe cognitive dissonance. Uh, so, you know, if you're in an argument where you want to expose something, right? You show a vi you show a video. Listen, I have. You've probably been in here in this situation. Oh, especially when we get into politics or something. Here's a video of this person saying this thing yeah but i don't believe it i i or this one i love we're just gonna have to agree to disagree no there's no disagreeing with evidence you can't disagree you can disagree with an opinion i have an opinion right uh so how do you disagree with an evidence this is it 
I just disagree. It's fact. It's not. It, it's this is not an opinion. This doesn't exist in the the realm of things that we disagree with. But for them, it doesn't because it's postmodernism. Because truth isn't a real existing thing, so they can disagree with it because it's no more valid to them than an opinion. Truth doesn't exist, and so when you hear that, let's just agree to disagree. You're hearing postmodernism. Uh, truth does not exist, and so I can disagree with it when it's inconvenient to me for whatever reason I would ever want to be a flat earther. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, well, uh, that's one way that, that people avoid reality. Um, the second is, it's a, also it's a similarly sounding, and it would be easy to get these two up, and it's called confirmation bias. Confirmation bias, also a $20 word, but how do I limit an inconvenient thought? Some thoughts you can't, you can't avoid. You want to pretend that you're avoiding it. You want to pretend you're ignoring it. But there are some thoughts that you're just not going to be able, they're going to seep into your mind. And now you, you, you have these thoughts. So what confirmation bias does it, it's it's really a preemptive attack on this and what it does is it says i am only going to surround myself with the information that confirms the thing that i want to believe my bias and so uh if if i uh if i like a particular sports team and that sports team isn't that good you know, I will surround myself with with people who agree that this sports team is good because I don't want to be confronted with it. It's I know this is a silly illustration. I'm trying not to get too, you know, too confrontational or, uh, you know, just use silly, silly illustrations. But but you understand that that this is you know, this has major repercussions when we're talking about science when we're talking about. Um, things that really do matter, you, you'll notice that people do this. They'll only quote the people that they like or that a, that reach the same conclusion. Um, I give you, I'll give you maybe, this is a semi-controversial one, um, just as an evidence. There's a guy by the name of Dr. Mitchell Taylor. Uh, he's in Canada. He works for a university, I think it's called Lakehead University. Um, but before being a professor there, um, and uh, Dr. Taylor worked since the 70s with polar bears. He's tagged them, he's charted them he, he, all across Canada. I don't know if in different countries or just Canada. He is like the world's leading expert on polar bears. And uh, so he was a longtime member, like for over 20 years, of something called the Polar Bear Technical Committee. Um, I think they, they, uh, they, I don't know what they do, quite frankly. Uh, the, I suppose they talk about polar bears and the dangers to polar bears and preserving, you know, the species, the various species that, that exist. And, uh, and for a long time, he was also a part of a group called the Polar Bear Specialist Group, which is a very, uh, very imaginative name, but they meet in, uh, every year in Copenhagen in Denmark, and I assume they talk about the same types of things that, you know, that the other uh, the other group uh, talked about. 
But in 2009, this group stopped asking uh, the world's leading expert on polar bears to be a part of their group. Well, wait a minute. Why? There's, there's something strange going on. And, and they said it's because your, you know, the data that he would present did not support their views on things happening in the climate. Just use your imagination. He, he didn't believe in, well, at the time, what was called global warming, another thing that's been rebranded. And, and he didn't believe that based on, you know, the data and tracking polar bears. And he's like, you know, polar bears really don't prove the points you're trying to make. Whether it exists or not, polar bears aren't giving the evidence for it. And but polar bears are nice and white and cuddly and fluffy, unless you know cross one. But and, and so they're they're one of the the things that really uh, you know people like to use in arguments for for this. And so when he disagreed with them, instead of saying you know here is a conflicting opinion, let's let's see if what we believe is truth. It's inconvenient. One of the things that is most difficult for people ever to do is to change what they believe. And, and so instead of, you know, allowing two ideas to compete and say, okay, let's come out with truth and be better off as humans for it, they said, no, we don't want you here anymore because we don't, we don't agree with the facts that you have collected over your 30-year career. So... Um, so, so it's an illustration, and I, I know there's all sorts of opinions on this. You can have a different opinion. That's not really the point of this. The point is to show how this works. Now, had they had the discussion, maybe they would find out that they're right and he's wrong, but they never allowed themselves to have the discussion. Um, whether the earth is flat or whether it's, you know, weather is impacting, the, really those aren't, at, at the end of it all, those aren't really that important. You know, I'm still going to get on a plane if I need to fly somewhere flat or not flat. And I'm going to get off the plane where it's supposed to be. It doesn't make a difference if I know what the shape of the earth is. I'm going to get on and I'm going to get off. right? And I'm going to be where I'm supposed to be. Uh, similarly, I'm going to shovel my driveway every winter as long as I live in Wisconsin. Uh, whatever people, scientists say about what's going on, it makes no difference. This is not that impactful of a debate because my life is going to be the same every winter. Uh, but I want to talk about ideas that are more impactful and, and more dangerous because this is an extremely, these both of these two ideas are very extremely dangerous to the, to the lives we live. They're We've seen how philosophies have hurt. We've seen how they impact families, how they impact marriages, uh, and and so, uh, and and eventually society and and medicine and in all the different areas that that these that these hurt uh, and impact. When we, when we say I'm going to limit, I'm I'm not going to allow myself to explore truth. Um, ideas based on erasing God. Specifically, we've talked about those specific ones. Those are the most dangerous ideas that are focused on eliminating the existence of God. Uh, and so uh, there was, uh, around the same time, there was, I, I've, I've tried to track this one down, and I can't remember where I heard it, 
enough to get the information, but there was a some type of a scientific seminar, very similar, uh, and and they were wrestling with one particular type of a, a question, uh, and and uh, you know some type of origin question, and one of the things that that they outlined for. Uh, for the discussion was they were not going to allow God to be a part of this discussion. No one was going to be able to enter that in as a as an explanation for origin. They were only interested in atheistic origins. Well, you've eliminated one of the possibilities. Whether it's the right one or not is is completely different. But but if you eliminate one of those possibilities, how can you know that you're right? If if you haven't, if one of the one of the at least theoretical possibilities is one you're not going to allow yourself to discuss. How can you know that you've truly done due diligence and 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 come to what is truth? Uh, those assumptions end up affecting us. We live based on those things. We act based on those things. And if we act based on the existence that, or, or the the a belief that there's you know God does not exist, then then that's going to impact my my lifestyle and, and the lifestyle of people. Around us, it's going to create emotional trauma eventually, and and anxiety. Uh, and these philosophies have hurt people in real time. Um, all of society's ills are are owed to this movement away from God, and I think we've established that in some of the previous um, the, the the previous podcasts we've done. If you have not looked at those, I, I I challenge you to go back and and look and listen. Maybe look and listen again at those. Uh, we have them both on on YouTube at the Waukesha Church of Christ uh, channel, uh, and and also you can you can search the same, uh, and there will be links that you can find for if you would rather watch than listen or listen and watch whichever way you're listening uh, or getting this podcast. But <clears throat> I want you to go uh, and, and look, and I encourage you to you know especially if you are struggling with anxiety or or some type of emotional trauma left over from an event, um, or if you know somebody that is doing that uh, and, and dealing with these things, s- evaluate where that is coming from. Where, where am I feeling this today? Because a lot of times it's very generalized, and you don't. You, it's difficult uh, to to confront those things, and you might need help confronting that. We have resources uh, um, that I can direct if you contact me and, and discreetly and confidentially. Uh, can direct you towards those resources, um, but you know, to to look at where those are coming from, and and look if those are coming from, or at least being worsened by assumptions that you have that you've not allowed to confront other truths. You've you've limited those truths that might be the things that have helped you. If you've refused to accept theories that maybe. Uh, maybe you need to change something and, and you don't want to change something. Well, th- that can be the reason that, that you lengthen your pain. Um, so uh, those lies in the end, uh, those avoidance things that we, we do, do not help us. Uh, avoiding real solutions will not help you, even if it makes you feel good in the short term. Um, you need a support group that is honest with you and is truthful. Uh, I've always believed that 
that the best support group I've ever had has been has been other Christians. Uh, but sometimes it requires people who are professionally trained, depending on the situation. So, uh, I I challenge you to to look at your own life, uh, the lives of other people around you. Notice when people are avoiding maybe the things, the facts that you believe, and notice when you do uh, the same things in conversations and, and open yourself up. It, it requires vulnerability, but open yourself, be vulnerable to, to different thoughts. Uh, and, and in time, you will kind of filter out and you will moderate your, your beliefs uh, and you will be more confident in the things you believe because precisely because you've, you've let them compete. You've let ideas compete and you, you let the, correct one emerge so uh, i hope this improves your day uh, check out the links uh, subscribe if you haven't already uh, and and have a good week